these days the phrase fire and brimstone is more associated with a style of preaching than with the reality that they preach. Fire and brimstone preaching is what our culture fears. Uh, rarely does it occur to us to fear the fire and brimstone itself. So today we're going to think about an uncomfortable topic, but I trust that you see the goodness of God's judgment through it all. The phrase fire and brimstone comes in Genesis chapters 18 and 19, when the Lord appears to an excited Abraham. Uh, we know that this must be God the Son who appears for a couple of reasons. Firstly, John chapter 1 verse 18 says that no one has ever seen God the Father, but God the Son is the one who makes him known. Secondly, we know that this is the Son of God because Jesus himself refers to Genesis 18 in John chapter 8. He speaks in John chapter 8 verses 56 to 58 of a time when Abraham was really excited to see him. He saw him and was glad. Uh, the Jews were, of course, outraged that Jesus was claiming to be the great I Am who met with Abraham. But that is who Jesus is. He is the one who appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, long before he took flesh as a man. But why does he appear? Well, the conversation soon comes around to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where Abraham's nephew Lot is living. These two cities are the original sin cities, and we will discuss them more tomorrow. But in chapter 18, verse 20, the Lord says this, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Here's the first point to make about judgment. When we pass judgments on people or situations, our judgments are provisional, they come from mixed motives, they are flawed, and they are always based on incomplete knowledge. Not so God's judgment. Here we are being told of a special reconnaissance mission done by the Lord so that he will know. And you think, well, doesn't he already know he is the Lord after all? Well, yes, but... Perhaps the saying that we have is worth bearing in mind. You know the saying, justice must not only be done, but must be seen to be done. The Lord shows us that his judgment really is based on knowledge. And when Jesus takes flesh in the fullness of time, we see that the Lord really does know about this world from the inside. He really does go out of his way to perform a proper reconnaissance of the situation. No one on Judgment Day could ever say to Jesus, You can't judge me. You don't know what it's like. Yeah, he does. He really does. And notice in these verses, uh, Jesus speaks of this outcry that has come to him. You know, there are offenses that stink to high heaven. And that is a wonderful thing. In a world where concentration camp commandants can escape to South America and bounce their grandchildren on their knees, we long for justice. And this episode reminds us that there is justice. Wickedness creates an outcry. An outcry that is heard and that moves a loving God. The next thing that happens in Genesis 18 is in verses 22 to 33. Abraham engages the Lord in a lengthy piece of haggling. Essentially, Abraham asks, will you judge these cities if there are 50 righteous folks in them? And no, the Lord would not. Well, what about 45? 40? 30? 20? 10? You wouldn't sweep away the whole place if there were 10 righteous people, would you, Lord? And the Lord promises not to. The heart of Abraham's plea is in verse 25. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? It's amazing here that the Lord should enter into such haggling 
And, and we are, as Abraham admits, we are but dust and ashes, verse 27. And yet he stoops down to dirtbags like us and he listens to pleas for mercy. Here is an, inc- an incredibly gracious judge. And then we, when we come to the fire and brimstone itself, we read in Genesis 19, verse 24. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Let's notice two things from Genesis 19:24. Firstly, the fire and brimstone. Both fire and brimstone are associated with the spirit or the breath of God. You see, fire most fundamentally is about the consuming, blazing love of God. Song of Songs chapter 8 verse 6 describes love as the very flame of the Lord. Now, secondarily, if people put themselves on the wrong side of the Lord, his reality is experienced as the blazing fury of his anger. But it's because God is love that he blazes. For those who are on the right side of him, this blazing is experienced as the sunshine of his love. But if we are opposed to him, then it is fire and brimstone. The point here is that love and judgment are not opposites. Judgment does not disprove a God of love. It's God's love that makes our violations of love so grievous. And it is our sin that makes his blazing reality so dangerous. That's the first thing to notice about verse 24. But the second thing is this. There are two persons called Lord in this verse. There is the Lord on the earth who's been speaking with Abraham. And there is the Lord out of the heavens. Here we see the Son raining down judgment from the Father. As Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 22, the Father has entrusted all judgment to the Son. It is Jesus who judges the world. It is Jesus who is in charge of the fire and the brimstone. This ultimately is what gives us confidence that the judge of the earth will do right. We know that the one who judges is the one who has been judged. We know that he has climbed down from the throne and put himself into the dock to receive the harshest sentence imaginable. On the cross, he has proved himself more willing to suffer the fire and the brimstone than to dish it out. Perhaps these considerations won't answer all our questions about judgment, but they point us in the direction of an answer. Whatever questions we have about judgment, we can bring them to Jesus. He is the one who took the fire and the brimstone himself. And we can trust the judge of all to do what is right. Mm